You're listening to the Maniverse Podcast with your host, Tom Traplin, and this is session number 130. So before we get started with today's interview with Eric Bigglestone, uh, big disclaimer right off the bat, this is not legal advice. We are not experts. Do not take anything that we say as definitive. This is just personal experience and us trying to uh, hash out what's happening with the local game store community and trying to come up with some solutions. Uh, so don't take anything that we say as, uh, uh, you know, advice or legal advice or anything like that. We're, we're not legal experts. If you are in the situation where you are being sued or you're, you know, you feel like you're at risk of being sued, please talk to a lawyer who has experience in this area of the law. That is your best bet at moving forward. Uh, again, so just a disclaimer, because this is a very sensitive subject and, you know, personally, I don't want to get sued. So, uh, just a heads up before we get started. Uh, in today's episode, we do talk about a lot of the main subject is the ADA lawsuits and the ADA uh, legislation that was recently passed that mandates that websites be accessible to people with disabilities, things like sight impairment uh, and a variety of other things. But uh, sight impairment is the one that we kind of narrow in on uh, during this particular conversation. Uh, so we talk a lot about the uh, what's required in the law, but also what are the solutions out there in order to make your site accessible, and then the underlying uh, subject of the uh, the people who are taking advantage of the ambiguity in this legislation to uh, target companies, targeted businesses, target game stores in particular, uh, and sue them for having an inaccessible website, even in the situations where they have taken steps to make their site accessible. So the interesting and unfortunate reality of the situation is that even if your site is the most accessible website on the planet, you can still be sued and still have to pay to defend yourself. Uh, the challenge is because of the relative newness of the legislation and the lack of experience of a lot of lawyers in this particular uh, area of the law, uh, there is a wide variety of experiences where people are saying that it will cost them tens of thousands of dollars in order to just go to court to defend themselves. And it's easier to pay off the settlement and just make them go away uh, than it is to like uh, versus people who are saying that, you know, if you fight it, you can recoup your costs. Uh, you can get your, your fees uh, recouped by taking it to the court. Uh, a lot depends on your willingness to engage the risk level that you're willing to take uh, and, and, a whole variety of factors. But ultimately, what, what we're trying to figure out is a solution to this situation and uh, hopefully make your website accessible to the people that actually need it, serve the function of the legislation, right? Make it so that your website is accessible to the people with disabilities, do the right thing in, in making, that, uh, making that a priority, but also protecting your business, protecting your game store from these... Uh, <laughs> I want to be generous and nice and not be as mean as I feel like uh, this situation deserves. But these frivolous lawsuits that are taking advantage of these legal gray areas and uh, the way that Eric describes it in the podcast, and uh, this is a quote from somebody else, but essentially these are legal extortion. So this is an area where you, if you need to protect your business because legislation demands it, but also because these lawsuits will are floating around and nobody wants to go to court and nobody wants to get sued. So that's the goal for what we're doing today. This is the conversation that we have. We go into Eric's experience with dealing with this lawsuit over the last 12 months, uh, the, the how the settlement played out, how he discovered he was sued, how he discovered the nature of the plaintiff and how they have been uh, suing multiple companies under the same legislation. And there, there's a whole rabbit hole that we go into. It's a really interesting conversation. Uh, and hopefully it's very uh, valuable to you as a game store owner and you take steps to protect yourself. Speaking of taking steps to protect yourself, one of the tools that I recommend specific to this topic is Accessibility. So if you want to make your site accessible, there are basically two options. There's the manual option, then there's the automated option. The automated option is not perfect, but it does give you a it does get you very close to the finish line, if not taking care of things entirely. Uh, a lot will depend on your platform, which we will discuss during the podcast. You'll find that out about uh, in, during the middle. It's a very important point to to uh, 
to pay attention to. So definitely give the podcast a listen to and 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 listen to the interview and, and specifically pay attention to that portion of things. But if your website needs accessibility and you haven't taken any steps to build that into your website uh, manually by going through and ch- making the changes that you have to change, accessibility is a really good option for e-commerce sites, for, for game store websites. Uh, it's a, a widget overlay. It's uh, one line of code. You put it in your website and automatically within about 48 hours, the software, the AI software behind accessibility will scan your site and it will uh, determine all of the changes that need to be made. And the widget will be, it functions as an overlay. So it's always available on your site. When somebody accesses your site the, with a screen reader or something like that, or some sort of an accessibility device, it will convert your website into something that is uh, consumable for them. It'll be something that they can read or something that they can uh, have read to them. Uh, via the widget. So it's all automated. It's all automatically uh, happens. Uh, whenever you add new pages to your site, it's automatically scanned and then converted so that it's still accessible. Uh, and it's a reasonably good option for most game stores out there, again, depending on the platform. Uh, but it's the one that I've had the most experience with. I like them. I've talked to them a lot. I've worked with them before in the past. Uh, and I feel like they're still the number one option, despite some of the limitations that hopefully we are trying to work out uh, for the future. So, but that, that's all I wanted to say before we jump into the interview. Uh, this is a really ex- important interview. I definitely recommend that like, virtually every game store in the U.S. needs to be thinking about accessibility. Every game store that has a website as an online presence needs to be considering this as something important uh, because there have been situations where game stores have been wiped out because of the lawsuits that have come out of this uh, out of this legislation. So it's very important that you pay attention to this. I, this is a really great interview, and I really want to thank Eric again for giving his time on a Sunday morning uh, to tell this story, tell, tell us his experience, and sharing uh, some of the recommendations that we can use to protect each other. So with that said, let's jump into the interview with Eric Bigglestone. Welcome to the Manverse Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Traplin, and this is the podcast where we explore what it takes to build a successful, friendly local game store. If you like what you hear on today's episode, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on whatever fine platform you're listening on. And if you're listening to this on YouTube, hit the like and subscribe button and leave a comment letting us know your thoughts. As always, you can find the notes and links mentioned in today's episode at ManverseSaga.com, and that will be probably very relevant for this particular episode. I have with me one Eric Picklestone. He a past guest on the podcast. He was actually on the podcast back way back in the day, episode 19, one of the first interviews I actually ever had. Thank you again for coming back on. And uh, yeah, what are we talking about today? Let us, let's uh, get into the story. What, whoa, what's the topic of uh, discussion at the moment? Well, um, the topic of discussion is digital accessibility. Uh, we are looking at how to make sure that your website is accessible to people with disabilities, uh, most specifically folks who are sight impaired. Uh, And whether or not that's possible uh, to the extent that the law wants it to be, uh, whether or not that's possible to the extent that the the international qualifications that are uh, set up uh, will will make it possible, uh, but also uh, how you are open to a variety of lawsuits if uh, uh, if it is not. Yeah. Yeah. And to give some context for people who are listening to this hopefully soon, but also some point in the future, as of right now, April 2023, uh, and for the last 12 months or so, uh, that's been a major issue, especially with game stores in particular, is that there seems to be uh, this new legislation that makes, uh, that insists that websites need to be accessible to people with disabilities has become a, an avenue for certain potentially predatory actions, people looking for sites that aren't accessible or even maybe could be claimed to be inaccessible, and then filing claims against those, those businesses uh, seemingly as a way to generate a, uh, like a settlement offer, right? And it's not less so about making the site accessible and more so about money motivations. Exactly. Uh, so what I was hoping to talk about today was not only how to make your site accessible, because I, I really do want to figure out a solution to this thing, something that works 
that actually is, uh, you know, functions as advertised, because I think it's a very important aspect of, the, of, of, of being online, but also how to protect your business, because this has been a, a, an ongoing problem. And, you know, obviously you've gone through this experience. Right. Right. Uh, and I'm not certain how exactly how early in the process of all of these suits that we fell. I know that it had been happening for uh, at least a year, probably two or three years prior to when the lawsuit against us happened. But it seems like it kind of accelerated last year, or at least that's that's the feeling that I'm getting. Uh, it's certainly accelerated against mm -hmm. uh, the uh, local game store community. Uh, so, uh, it happened to us in oh, July of last year. Uh, I came into work one day and I, uh, I'm just looking at my emails and I get this email from a, a lawyer saying, hi, uh, a lawsuit was filed against you in federal court yesterday, uh, alleging that your website, uh, does not, um, does not comply with federal, uh, uh, Americans with Disabilities Act uh, requirements, and I can help you with that. Uh, and it gave the docket number, or not the docket number, but it gave the the the, uh, the case number. It gave the name of the case uh, uh, filing, and so it kind of uh, <laughs> that that was the beginning of a very long process uh, for us in in learning about this issue and about um, defending ourselves uh, against this claim. Uh, let's see here. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it was a very long process. It was only relatively recently that everything was resolved, right? Uh, relatively. Uh, I believe our settlement took place in December. Uh, that was the end of this particular lawsuit against us. Uh, I say this particular lawsuit because the fact that we settled with this one plaintiff does not mean that we are not going to get sued by anybody else who is uh, doing these kinds of uh, cases. So in this particular case, the lawyer that reached out to you and said, hey, yes. you've been filed against, was this the plaintiff's lawyer or was this another lawyer who was kind of saying, you know, what do they refer to it as the ambulance chaser? Who's like, Hey, I saw this. Do you need some help? We were offering protection. Like what was the situation there? Right. So that was my concern initially. When I get something out of the blue that says, Hey, you've been sued. I, I'm not going to say that's happened a lot, uh, but if I hear something from someone <laughs> out of the blue saying, Hey, you've got a problem and I can fix it for you. I am immediately wary of that. Um, and, uh, and yes, this particular lawyer was the first to uh, notify us of, of this. There were several that followed, uh, and there were also uh, companies that offered to remediate our website for us to make sure that this kind of thing uh, wouldn't happen again or to make it less likely. Mm -hmm. um, but it was interesting to me that... Uh, we were not the first ones notified when a suit had been filed against us by the people filing the suit or by the court. Um, this kind of thing had, it was, it was, it was new for me as far as my company goes. I, I had been part of a company before that had been sued. Um, I had been, you know, given a physical summons um, at one point. And so this was a, this was a new thing for me. Um, so yeah, my, my first action was not to reply to this email and say, Oh, Hey, yeah. Uh, could you help us out? Um, my first action was to go and look for the, uh, lawsuit. Uh, I did a search on, um, uh, federal courts and how to find information about, uh, lawsuits that have been filed against you. Uh, that took me to uh, the federal court system. Uh, there is a uh, uh, there is a website that is used called Pacer Monitor that uh, you can uh, look up basically any filing in a federal court. 
Uh, and so I became a member of that site so that uh, not only could I look up the actual filings, but also I would be notified of any additional filings or any changes in the case uh, automatically. Um, after that, I contacted the lawyer that we already not retain, but I mean, we've used this lawyer a few times. He's uh, uh, one of the uh, longest time customers of the store. Uh, and we had, um, uh, and we had used him in, uh, in a case where we were suing someone, uh, not, not too terribly recently. Um, and he was very open about the fact that this is not the kind of thing that he specializes in. Um, and mm -hmm. because it, uh, was filed in New York, uh, he, um, uh, he suggested that we speak with a friend of his who was a lawyer out there. And so I reached out to that lawyer. Uh, and while I waited on information from him, I was uh, looking into cases of this nature. I was looking into accessibility. Uh, and my two business partners, uh, Sean uh, Sean Gore and Gwendolyn Reza, who had, I had literally just made co-owners of the business just two weeks prior. Um, they started looking into uh, uh, remediation and if there was anything that we could do in the near term to, um, you know, just as a, as a uh, quick let's address this because we want to make sure that people can use our website, but also of course, to show that we were, you know, we're taking this seriously. We're wanting to do something, uh, certainly not a, a, okay, let's, let's do this one thing and everything will be fine. Um, this was simply, uh, just let's get this, uh, uh rolling immediately. <clears throat> Uh, so uh, I was working from home as they were back at the shop working on on that kind of thing. So initially, this that was a good faith effort to show that you have you're trying to make the site more accessible. That you, yeah, that initially it was not intentional. It was it was like oh, thank you for bringing this to my attention. We should this should right. be a thing that we try to do. Uh, right now, of course, the, as, as I was looking into it though, I uh, using the pacer monitor. And looking up the name of the plaintiff in the case, I discovered that there were two other game companies that had also had suits filed against them on the same day. One was a game store out here, uh, reasonably local, and the other one was a game publisher. Um, and so I reached out to both of them. I, I don't remember if I emailed or, or called them, but that day I reached out to both of those and said, hey, this has just happened. I noticed that you are also on this. Perhaps this is something we can talk about and, and maybe come up with a strategy together, that kind of thing. Um, and that kind of led me down a road throughout the rest of the day of going back and forth between my normal business that I would be doing on a, on a Friday and uh, dealing with this all day. Um, at some point, we got a call back from the uh, lawyer that uh, my that, that our lawyer had uh, suggested. Uh, I spoke with him at great, at some length. Uh, he made some suggestions as for you know immediate term, uh, and then he said he was going to speak with the partners in the uh, law firm that he worked for uh, to check and see if, if this was a case that they would consider taking up. Um, and so we waited a few days on, on an answer from him, but in the meantime, just we're looking into other avenues as well. You've were in contact with the lawyer. Mm -hmm. You reached out to a few other people who were named by the plaintiff. So at that point it right. maybe felt like the person was taking the opportunity, right? It wasn't just like, Oh, I, I tried to interact with your site and I couldn't, I have a legal claim yeah. against you. Boom. It was like, they were looking for opportunities, people who were vulnerable to this sort of claim. Exactly. And uh, by the end of the day, I had found uh, a website that monitors cases of this nature as well. 
uh, and gave statistics on the number of cases that had been filed by certain uh, lawyers uh, and discovered that the lawyer filing hmm. uh, the cases on behalf of, of the plaintiff and ours uh, over the past well, couple of years had gone back and forth with another lawyer as uh, the number one in the country for filing these suits. Um, and it seemed just from the list of businesses that they would basically pick an industry and uh, file suit and file suit and file suit and then move on to another industry. Um, and, mm -hmm. and it was my suspicion and I've never been able to, to confirm this that you know, perhaps they were also uh, looking at publicly available lists of recipients of federal funding from the pandemic. Uh, so people who had gotten uh, the Paycheck Protection Plan, uh, folks who had gotten the uh, emergency disaster loans, uh, things of that nature, because, you know, that would indicate someone who actually had some money at one point. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some surplus funds that they yeah. might be able to tap into. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, uh, quite frankly, I went looking for some information about the plaintiff uh, uh, as well and came across uh, a TikTok account uh, for someone matching the name and the disability um, and the um, uh, geographical location. Uh, that they lived in. Um, they did seem legitimately to have a uh, site impairment that could cause problems using websites. Uh, and so uh, I absolutely understood that, that this is a real issue for them uh, in general, but not specific to companies like mine. Um, and especially not with the number of lawsuits that have been filed to date. Uh, thus far, this particular plaintiff, uh, Jasmine Toro, has uh, filed, I believe, since July of last year, 179 uh, lawsuits of this nature against uh, not just game stores, but others as well. Uh, I've been contacted by a couple of them uh, very recently, as a matter of fact. Uh, asking, Hey, what did you do? Uh, <laughs> so, so I've, I've talked with several people about this kind of thing. Uh, I, I certainly don't think of myself as an expert. I'm, I'm certainly no lawyer. I don't, you know, I'm not an expert on law, but, um, I like to think of myself as an expert on my own experience. <laughs> so, so at least there's that. Obviously this person is, they have a legitimate claim, right? They do have a disability. This is a problem for them. So it's legitimate. But at the same time, they're also taking advantage of the fact that there are these laws in place and this mechanism that makes it easy to file a suit and make these claims against multiple companies all at the same time and exactly. potentially make a living off of it. Exactly. And, That's unfortunate. and, and again, I can't say with... 100% ironclad, you know, assurance that that is exactly what's happening with this person because, you know, I am not Jasmine Toro, right? I don't live her life. Uh, her experience is not my experience. Uh, but the implication in filing this many lawsuits and especially against the types of companies that um, they have been filed against and the sheer dollar value of some of the things that those companies sell uh, in, um, uh, in comparison to the life of the person who uh, uh, I've watched on TikTok, um, it's all very suspect. Um, and mm. uh, as well as the sheer volume of lawsuits of this type that the lawyer in the case uh, that the plaintiff's lawyer, uh, Mars Kimoff, uh, has filed. Um, it's, it, again, it's all very suspect. 
and it's all very blatant. Um, but it, again, skirts that edge of, um, of uh, legitimacy, I suppose. Yeah, it's a gray line, which is why we're having the discussion we are having, I believe. If it were more clear and more defined and the laws were black and white, it would probably be a lot right. easier to say, okay, this is what you need to do. You are covered, you're protected, you don't have to worry about it, you know, automatically throw it out of court because you can just say, well, here's my piece of paper that says I'm good, you know, case exactly. dismissed, right? Exactly. The problem is the ambiguity with the situation as we're in right now. Yeah, so and, and there's solutions. so much. After this point, you, you've got all this information. Right. So What happened uh, after it, that? So what happened after that was um, while I was working on finding all of this information, um, we signed up for this company called Accessibility. And uh, what they do is they provide code that you add to your website that goes through and uh, analyzes the website, determines what uh, needs to be done to remediate it, to make it um, uh, accessible. Uh, to not just people with uh, sight impairment, but a variety of other disabilities and, and afflictions as well. And, uh, and then automatically goes through and makes some of the changes that are necessary. They provide a, a very comprehensive report. Uh, they provide uh, a litigation packet uh, that you can give to your lawyers in a case like this. Uh, and... Um, and it, it puts a little widget on your website that uh, a user can click on to engage um, services that will uh, make adjustments, that will make accommodations for that person so they can use the website. Um, there are a number of these types of services out there. Accessibility is the number one of these. Uh, we signed up. They, uh, I, I put the code onto our website and uh, things immediately began to go into motion. And by the end of the weekend, um, we were fully signed up. We had paid them for a year's worth of service and they, uh, announced that our website had been fully you know, adjusted. Um, one of the things that they offer is uh, that they will have their software analyze the images on your website and add um, descriptive text. Now, descriptive text is one of the number one things in this whole process that uh, is, is the cause of this issue. Uh, if uh, someone cannot actually see uh, the image for the product that you're selling, there is supposed to be descriptive text describing the image itself. Not necessarily the product, but the image that they are uh, not able to see. Um, and so Accessibility, uh, in our discussions, uh, said that that was what their artificial intelligence does. It goes through, it analyzes those images, and then it adds descriptive text. Um, now, I have since discovered that really that only works when the platform that your website is on allows for that kind of thing to happen. Um, the uh, platform that our website is on, uh, as a default, just uses the product name as the descriptive text. Uh, and uh, Accessibility, um, uh, if and, and Accessibility, if uh, that is all that is allowed, well, that's what they do. They just assign that that product name as the descriptive text for everything. Now, what that doesn't do is give you any kind of nuance. It doesn't tell you size. It doesn't tell you, um, okay, here is a picture of two children playing the game. It, it, it doesn't give any of that. And uh, per the W describe. guidelines that, yeah, exactly. Uh, 
So that's a kind of a red flag uh, that, again, we only discovered later on as we were going through this whole process. Uh, what was the platform? Just curious. Platform is Lightspeed. Uh, Lightspeed okay. provides um, uh, retail uh, point of sale solutions, inventory management. Uh, it uh, serves, it can serve as a uh, website platform or an e-commerce platform. They, they have a number of different services that they provide to different, uh, uh, different retail level companies. Um, we've been using them since uh, October of 2019. Um, and, uh, and again, unfortunately, this was just something that had not quite literally, we hadn't prioritized it. The, um, the accessibility of our website. Um, uh, and, uh, and so as we've gone along, we've discovered some of the limitations on the platform, uh, for the ability to, uh, become compliant with this kind of thing. You, uh, uh, they provide just kind of a baseline. Here is a, here is a platform that your, uh, items can be sold upon, um, here are a bunch of third-party developers who can provide themes for you that will do, you know, any number of decorations or uh, types of um, uh, types of shopping carts or what have you. Uh, but it's up to you to decide um, how, you know, which of those you're going to use and um, how to make sure that your website is is up to snuff. Um, again, so this is almost that, a, like, uh, it seems like a fundamental weakness of Lightspeed in particular, is that structurally this, it doesn't allow for the things that accessibility would normally do to make your site accessible. Exactly. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, it also turned out that, um, uh, when Accessibility notifies us that they have gone through our website and, and, and done everything, what it didn't do was tell us we cannot do this thing that um, we told you that we were going to do. Um, we cannot assign hmm. a, a descriptive text. Um, from their perspective, they have doesn't show the contract right uh, because all of those images have descriptive text right they they have text that is supposedly they they have text applied to them uh, uh, as far as yeah. it actually being descriptive well they haven't yeah um so so we discovered this, you know, over the, the, the week following getting it implemented. And uh, over time, we discovered that the lawyer we were speaking with in New York, unfortunately, was giving us bad advice. We, uh, they told us that it would cost, you know, a certain amount of money just to make the case go away. And it was a much larger amount than, than we were comfortable paying. Um, and also was saying, look, I'm just going to give you this free advice. Uh, we can't uh, represent you in this case, but, um, you know, if you just say to these folks, Hey, um, we know what you're doing. We know the amount that you're entitled to. So, uh, just offer them a certain amount and, and, and make it go away <laughs> as time went on. Um, we discovered that really he, he, he had no idea what he was actually talking about, or at least it seemed that way, mm -hmm. uh, because, uh, I did go ahead and, uh, contact the plaintiff's lawyer, uh, spoke with him on the phone, um, essentially, uh, asked him, look, this kind of thing has never happened to us before. I don't know exactly what, what you're looking for, um, I asked how much, you know, uh, cases like this, in cases like this, how much they uh, typically ask for. I asked how much, you know, cases get settled for. Um, and he, he, he gave me some figures and um, 
And I eventually wrote back to him, wrote an email and asked him to uh, present it to his plaintiff, explained who we were, explained a little bit about our history, about our situation, uh, and then offered a settlement amount. Um, didn't hear back uh, for some time. Um, and uh, in the meantime, uh, another friend of mine with a game store uh, ended up hiring the very first lawyer who had written to us about the suit. Uh, the one that we were concerned about because, you know, it seemed opportunistic. Um, and this friend had decided to go ahead and fight it all the way. Um, he had reasonably deep pockets, so he felt like he could afford to take it to court, take it, you know, uh, all the way to its end. Um, we weren't really in that position, but, um, uh, we figured it would be a good idea to go ahead and talk with this lawyer and what, uh, uh, this lawyer told us was, Hey, they, they really don't want you to go to court. They will, uh, uh I, I hate these people. <laughs> I hate what they do. Uh, okay. I don't. I, I don't like what they do to small businesses, um, and so uh, I would like to help you out with this. You know, kind of long story short. Unfortunately, because I had already written to the uh, plaintiff's lawyer and said, "Hey, here is the amount that we are offering," uh, it turned out that you know, uh, this lawyer was not able to really defend us in any way. Um, and so he, uh, rather, uh, he ended up helping us with writing the, you know, doing the filings and then writing, uh, uh the settlement agreement. Um, once, once the plaintiff's lawyer had agreed upon the amount that I had, that I had offered. Um, <clears throat> Now, I can't talk about what the settlement, uh, settlement amount was, but all told, all of the fees that we ended up paying, um, uh, both to uh, uh, our lawyer for um, helping us with all the filings and everything, um, all of the remediation uh, that we had done thus far, uh, all of the uh, uh, just you know, downloading and printing all of the filings from the Pacer Monitor website, all of that uh, ended up being about $7,500 total. Um, and that was just getting the suit to go away and putting in a Band-Aid on the website. Um, we also looked into actual uh, remediation companies that could could do something um, that could do something substantial to ensure that our website was usable uh, by by those with uh, sight impairment, uh, and uh, we decided to go with one company that um, uh, will cost approximately, I think the the. Uh, the amount that uh, the amount that was quoted was somewhere around seventy five hundred dollars as well, um, and that's to get a year's worth of audits, of uh, detailed notifications of the kinds of things that need to be done to get the website uh, uh, fully accessible. Um, some help with making sure that that work gets done. Um, there are there were other services that offered that at a little bit less, uh, but uh, these folks take a very hands-on approach, and so I wanted to make sure that you know that it was it was done well, as opposed to being done quickly and incompletely, as as we have had you know happen thus far. That then got put on hold um, because of our own financial situation because of the holidays. Uh, we, we just, you know, couldn't uh, prioritize it at that point uh, that the lawsuit was, was being dismissed or not dismissed, but it was being settled. 
And that then became after the holidays is when we discovered the limitations to our web platform. Uh, and that even with this company's help, we were not in our current state going to be able to get our website to a, uh, to a good level. Um, at this point, what it looks like is we are going to have to find a developer who can either work with Lightspeed's existing platform and do some very customized work uh, on a theme for our for our site uh, that will cost a very large amount of money because it'll because it'll be you know such custom customization or find another platform move away from Lightspeed uh, to someone uh, to to someplace that actually allows for real compliance. <laughs> Do you have recommendations? You, did they say which platforms might be suitable for that sort of thing? So it really depends. It, it really depends on the um, on, on the developer that you choose. It depends on uh, on the platform that you choose. Um, uh, there are some um, Shopify uh, platforms that'll work. As a matter of fact, if you'll give me just a moment, I, I know this is a, a live recording. I, I may have to uh, uh, provide you with those in a little bit. They're lost in my emails. Uh, For sure, yes, we can always I throw that in the links some, afterwards. But uh, yeah, I do. I, I do have some suggestions that we can throw into uh, into the links um, from from the company that we are eventually going to go with once we're in a position to actually go with them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> in a way that they can actually do work for us. Um, but again, all that again, stuff this is a moving target. Super helpful. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I mean, again, this is a moving target uh, because <clears throat> the legislation changes not, you know, super fast. It doesn't happen every year, uh, but it is open to interpretation in many respects. Um you know, I, I, I think it was before the uh, uh, before uh, we started recording here, we were talking a little bit about this. And uh, these uh, lawyers for the plaintiffs, they use a number of different methods of testing uh, e-commerce websites to uh, see if they are compliant. And if one test doesn't give them the results that they want, well, they can just move to another test that will give them the results that they want. Uh, in in one case that I know of, um, in one case that I know of, uh, the store's website is more compliant than the plaintiff's lawyer's website. Uh, and uh, so... <laughs> I know who you're talking about. You mentioned that today, too. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm wondering if... Uh, uh, I'm wondering if there's some way in that case to uh, say, oh, well, gosh, maybe I should file suit against you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Let's um, trade. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the frustrating thing for me is that there is a group of people out there who are not able to use my website and that I have discovered uh, – cannot use it in any meaningful way. And sure, they could call me, right? They could call our, our store and say, hey, do you have X, Y, and Z? But they shouldn't have to do that, right? They should be able to use my website yep. just the same as anybody else. Uh, and uh, the law is on their side to make sure that that, that can happen. But the available tools to make that happen, there doesn't seem to be much in the way of any real, any real um, motivation for, uh, for, you know, the big actors in internet commerce. Um, you know, if I wanted, I, I, I could host my own website. I could build my own website server and I could do everything from the ground up. Yeah. And that would cost me tens of thousands of dollars, maybe, you know, maybe more than that. 
Um, and then I could get it to where it should be. And then I'm still going to get sued anyway, because, um, because we're in this legal limbo where these folks can sue whether or not they actually have any standing, um, whether or not they have any actual real interest in the product that you're selling. Um, so that's the frustrating thing for me is, is, is people who are taking advantage of this to the detriment of the folks who actually need it. Now that is the unfortunate reality of the situation, which is why I wanted to have you on to talk about this because it is such a, like it's in some cases it's an existential risk, right? Like for, uh, there've been at least a couple of stores that I've seen that have been wiped out because yeah. they've been sued because like yeah. you know, they're precarious positions or whatever, you know, the situation was for them, but they decided that I just don't want to deal with the risk. So I'm just going to close my doors. And that's really unfortunate, right? Cause yeah. you know, those communities are gone. Those, those, all those hopes and dreams from the business are, are wiped out and that's just not, not a good place to be. But no, then there are no. plenty of game stores that are doing all that they can to try and make their site accessible, to try to be this, you know, inclusive welcoming space for, for people. And they're still being targeted and that's just a disaster all around. So like, what can we do, I guess, to try and make this better? What for people who are thinking, okay, I, I want to be able to sell online. I have a website. I I don't want to like just have the thing shut down and just walk away from that aspect of my business. Uh, But I also don't want to be vulnerable, right? I don't want to have to, how can I mitigate as much of this risk as possible? Well, uh, um, where are you si- at at this point? I know you're in a unique situation, but what would you say to these people? Sure. Uh, my suggestion is get out ahead of this, right? Um, if you are serious about wanting to make sure that people can use your website and even if you're, you know, your primary, your primary, um, uh, goal is to make sure that you don't get sued or if you do get sued that you, uh, uh that it doesn't uh, destroy you. Um, get out ahead of it, uh, reach out to remediation companies. Um, uh, like, like, like we said, we'll, we'll put some, uh, options in the link there, uh, or in the, um, you know, we'll put some links out there so that, uh, uh, you can look into them, but it, the most important first step that you can take is, is actually taking that step. It's actually, you know, reaching out to remediation companies and saying, look, I, I, I want to make sure that this works for people because they can then tell you, okay, we can help you with this. Uh, some of them will be very open and say, we can't help you with this as things stand on your current platform. Here are some suggestions for other platforms that you could use. Um, uh, but uh, really the most, the most important thing you can do is, is make the time for it. Um, that's hard. That is, that is one of the hardest things, right? Um, prioritizing, you know, prioritization is, is, is a particularly difficult thing for me. I have ADHD. I have a number of other stressors in my life, but everybody has stressors in their life. Um, and so, it's hard for me to extemporize, you know, uh, do X, Y, and Z, take, take this step, then take mm-hmm. this step, take this step. Um, and, and, and that's why I rely on, <laughs> that's why I rely on, on going back through my search history and, 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 uh, going through the links that I have. Um, but the first step I think is before any, any, before anybody sues you before, uh, anything like this happens go to remediation companies and say, can you audit me? Can you tell me what, uh, what I need to do? Uh, that is, that is the number one step. The, after that, talk with your, uh, uh, uh website platform, uh, reach out to them, see what their position is on this, uh, see just how serious they are about making sure that, uh, not just not just that people can use your website, but also that you, their customer, are covered. That 
you, their customer, have the tools at hand to be able to provide this kind of service. Um, that right there is, is one of the most important things that you can do. Because if they don't have an answer, or if they have an evasive answer, um, then maybe it's time to start looking for another platform. Good advice. I have two final questions then. The first one is, is accessibility worth looking to as a solution, depending on the platform that you're on? I think of accessibility as a short-term solution. Uh, and so as far as that goes, yes. Uh, depending on how much you're able to spend, depending on how many products you have on your website, because they do charge you based on the number of pages mm. that your website is. And for us, at least, every product page is a separate page. And we have, at this point, 12,000 products on our website. Not everybody has that same kind of level of, um, of stock. Uh, so that costs a fair amount. Um, uh, if that's not the kind of thing that you can absorb, if you are a small space and perhaps you have, you know, unlike us, perhaps if you have uh, uh, all of your singles, all of your magic singles and, and, and Pokemon singles and such on your website as separate pages, it is not necessarily going to be worth it for you to go with somebody like Accessibility. Um, and again, Accessibility mm -hmm. is short-term. It is a short-term solution to a much longer-term issue that needs to be resolved at kind of the root level of a website rather than as a plug-in. Uh, uh, so I think for us, in some ways, it's it's in some ways it's worth it, uh, if only because Accessibility also provides all of these accommodations for other types of things like people with ADHD or people with autism. You can make some changes uh, to how uh, you interact with the website. Uh, but um, quite frankly, uh, most of the uh, advocacy for uh, people who are fully blind or, or otherwise sight impaired uh, say that accessibility really is not the solution that they need. So, all right. And then my final question is if somebody is in the process of being sued, they're already in the situation, maybe they've tried to make some attempt towards making their site accessible and they're still being, you know, they still have a claim against them, or maybe they haven't tried this yet and they're in the situation where you are in, where you're just a like, surprise notification you've been sued. Yeah. What would your advice to them be? Um, you definitely have to get uh, legal representation um, in cases like this, especially in these. In, in a case like like ours, you get sued in federal court, and then they also uh, request that the court um, include state and local uh, laws in the uh, in the suit. Um, I don't remember the technical term for it, but it's essentially uh, allowing the federal court to to uh, judge those other jurisdictions. Um, and they specifically do this in New York because New York offers um, state, uh, a state, uh, New York has state laws uh, 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 related to disability uh, accessibility. Uh, and the city of New York also has its own statutes uh, about this. So it's kind of a triple whammy. Uh, so definitely get legal representation, mm -hmm. even if they are only going to be doing your filings for you. Uh, you are required to have legal representation in cases like this. Um, at least if you are going to go the route of going through the court, if all you want to do is offer a settlement and make it go away, then very often the uh, plaintiff's uh, lawyer will make that pretty easy for you. Uh, if you are just saying, okay, here's a bunch of money, well, they'll go ahead and dismiss the case if it's enough money. Um, but if, if you don't have the ability to do that, unfortunately, you do have to get legal representation. And again, I, I'll put in, um, uh, I'll provide the, the name of, uh, of the lawyer that we used, 
Um, this is not necessarily an endorsement, but it is who we used and they worked well for us. So I think a good place, I'll probably put this at the beginning as well, but this is a good place for lots of disclaimers, not legal advice, right? Not experts. Don't take our word for this. This is not, you know, this is not defining or definitive words or anything like that. Yeah, um, if you if if you know just me trying from, to help, right? We're trying yeah, to make if, the situation better. If you have ever watched my uh, presentations at the uh, Game Manufacturers Associations Expos, uh, I have done uh, retail to retail presentations in the past, and they are always based on personal experience. They are, you know, they've been things like, you know, how not to move your game store. Um, you know, <laughs> things I, I much prefer to uh, give people the benefit of my own mistakes. And quite frankly, I made a bunch of mistakes while we were dealing with this. Um, and, and it cost us a little bit more than it probably should have. But um, I'd much rather let other people learn from from my experience and and my own challenges than have to go through them themselves it's very uh very noble of you and just excellent of you to generally share your uh your experience with people because i'm sure there's a lot of people who look up to you a lot of people in this community who you know think of you as this uh this forerunner, uh, <laughs> this person who's been here for a long time and knows knows the game, right? Well, I'll tell you what. I, I one of my favorite um, um, one of my favorite lines uh, from uh, from any movie is uh, Spock talking to Kirk, uh, saying, uh, "You operate from a false assumption. I have no ego to bruise." So I don't mind talking about um, talking about having made lots and lots of mistakes. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate your time. Thank you again for for making the time this morning to to talk about this with me. I this is like a real hot button issue at the moment, and I know there are, I know there are a lot of store owners who are stressing out because they're facing a situation just like you did, and yeah. and kind of going over the details. Like this is a very new thing, right? And because it's so ambiguous, and because there's the details, and depending on who you're talking to and the advice that you're given, it could be very wildly different experiences. So hearing from somebody who's gone through the whole thing from start to finish and how it all went down and, and the things that you learned along the way, is, I, I hope is really valuable for people. Uh, if people do want to reach out to you, are you okay with people, you know, uh, yeah. messaging on Facebook to try and pick your brain a little yeah, bit? Absolutely. Uh, like, you I, can, uh, you, know. you can, uh, you can private message me on Facebook. You can send an email to me, uh, at my store, account eric that's e-r-i-k at gamesofberkeley.com um, i'm sure it'll be in the you know there'll be a link uh, provided uh, because berkeley people don't there always know how be. to spell it <laughs> yeah well, thank you again for for taking the time this morning i really appreciate it and uh i hope everybody got a lot from this episode i i hope this is something that you know if this helps somebody through a situation or moves them a little bit forward and and, and uh it's just one person would be would be very uh, very valuable, and I um, I think it would make a big difference. So yeah, I, I uh, well, just don't yeah. panic when it happens. Yeah, great advice. You have time. That's always you great advice. Time. Don't panic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. On that, we're gonna wrap it up. Thank you again for listening to the Manverse podcast, and we'll talk to everybody again in the next episode. All right. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you very much for tuning in again. And I want to thank Eric again for taking the time to share his story, share his experience with us. Uh, if you if you want to take steps to make your website more accessible, if you feel like this is something that's important and you need to mitigate, you want to mitigate this risk for your business, uh, you need to look for some of the solutions that we mentioned. Again, I recommend Accessibility if you want to try them out. Uh, for free for 14 days to see how it works, to see what the widget feels like, to see how it, how it uh, affects your website. And if it's the solution that you need, you can go to maniversaga.com forward slash ADA uh, to sign up for that 14 free, free, free 14 day free trial. Uh, and if you do decide to sign up, uh, it also helps out or helps out by supporting the show. Uh, so that uh, is a great option for most web stores, most websites out there. Uh, if, again, if you need another more manual approach, 
because of the situation that you're in or because of the platform that you're on, there will be uh, a few remediation companies mentioned in the show notes as well. So you can go check those out. Uh, but that's it for today's episode. Thanks again for listening. Hopefully this information was helpful and not terrifying. Uh, and that you take steps to make sure that you are protecting your business while also making your website more accessible. Uh, thank you very much again for listening. And we will talk to you again in the next episode of the Maniverse podcast.